Well, hello, everyone, and welcome back to another episode of Podcast Answer Man. Cliff Ravenscraft here. This is episode number 380. And uh, yes, once again, another episode back to back with no musical intro. And um, not necessarily looking to make a trend, not making a statement, just didn't feel it today. Uh, just like last week, so I'm okay with that. But just for those of you who are brand new to Podcast Answer Man, this is a podcast devoted to taking your message, your business, and your life to the. Ne- <laughs> I still can't get this through to the next level. That's exactly what this is about. Uh, it used to be a podcast about podcasting, helping you take your podcast to the next level. But today, it's more about what can be accomplished with a podcast. And uh, anyway, glad to have you here. And in today's episode, I am happy to announce that I know exactly what I want to share with you and hope that my responses won't be nearly as scripted as I I think that they might tend to be when I get this detailed about some things that I want to share about. So, by the way, this is unique. I already know the title of this week's episode. Uh, It is kind of like it's basically titled around the two topics. Number one is a new podcast interview procedure or podcast interview request procedure list that I have. I'm going to talk to you about podcast interviews that I do, why I love them, uh, and how I am going to be making myself more available for podcast interviews in the future and why I'm doing that. And uh, I'm going to start today's episode off with a talk about narcissism and, and asking the question, are podcasts are our podcasters narcissists? More importantly to me, <laughs> as a narcissist, uh, am I a narcissist? Do I have narcissistic personality disorder? This is something that came up as a result of last week's episode of Podcast Answer Man. So for those of you who did not tune in last week, episode number 379 was a unique episode in that um, I kind of just had this free-flowing, off the top of my mind, just whatever came to my mind, and, and was on my heart as it relates to my feelings about what my future may hold. And I've had these uh, feelings that, that, that I'm on the horizon of something bigger than, of achieving something bigger in the future than, than maybe I'm even able to conceive at this moment in time. And it comes from you know, the feeling of, of back when I was in the early days of, of podcasting, I was just doing it as a hobby and I remember telling people about my podcasting efforts and I was just telling a friend of mine who, by the way, let me just uh, get that out of the way here just in case I refer to to Dave sitting in the studio. Dave Ghosh is here and he is a freelance uh, writer and he contributes to Cincinnati Magazine among other publications and, and organizations. And he's writing a, an article on podcasting for Cincinnati uh, Magazine. And I'm proud and honored to be featured in that. And he's been here kind of uh, shadowing me and seeing the kind of stuff that happens on a day-to-day basis in the life of a podcaster such as myself and kind of things that you guys go through each and every week. So very exciting to ha- excited to have him here. But I was talking about um, basically the early days of podcasting and how this concept of of having other people see the potential that lies within yourself that maybe you don't allow yourself to see. And it goes back to a, a story of when we were, my wife and I were podcasting about the TV show Lost. I was, as an insurance agent, talking with one of my underwriters. And I got on the phone with her, and for whatever reason, we got on the topic of television, and I found out that she was a fan of the TV show Lost. And I said, hey, can I tell you something not business-related? Uh, my wife and I, on the side, we play around on the internet and have this thing called a podcast. And I said, have you ever heard of a podcast? And she goes, I think I've heard something about it. What is it? And I said, well, it's like an inter- internet talk radio show and stuff like that. Anyway, my wife and I uh, do a show every single week about the TV show Lost, and it's on the internet and write down this website address, and I gave her the website address, and as a result of the job that she had, she had the ability to put some earbuds in and listen to an episode of my of our podcast at the time, and she did that while she was at work after we got off the phone, and she called me an hour later, right after listening to the episode, and she goes, Cliff, that was amazing, and one of the things that she said, and it was just as clear as day, she goes, I hope you understand that this is what you're going to do one day for your as, as an occupation, you, this, you should be doing this full time. And I bet that you will. And 
there were a lot of other people. And so this is what I was explaining to Dave as, as we were talking today about, you know, the feedback that I got from last week's episode where I shared these stories where today I'm confronted on a consistent basis by people saying, hey, I believe that you're destined, destined to do to, to do achieve greater things than what you're currently achieving, which is amazing. And it's not necessarily going, related to what you do today or what you're known for today. And, and so last week's episode was all about that. And I, I, had, I knew when I hit the record button that I could come off sounding arrogant. Um, I, I shared with Dave as we were having lunch today is, is sometimes I, I, I look at where my life is today and I think about how blessed I am. I mean, I mean, the house that I live in, uh, the the financial situation that I'm in today, it's, it's beyond what I ever dreamed for myself. Um, it, it, it's a little daunting at times to, to think that that I'm in the position where I am today. And to even allow myself to think, well, gosh, things could be even so much better, it almost sounds selfish at times. Even in my own heart, in my own mind, I know it sounds selfish. So I wonder what that's going to sound like when I get behind a microphone and start talking about these things. And I certainly want people to know that I am very thankful for where I am today. I'm a very satisfied person uh, uh, in, in, in most every area of my life except for my own physical health. Uh, that's the only area I think that I, well, actually I know for a fact, it's the only area of my life where I'm not satisfied and, and you know, who knows, maybe I'll be the next Jillian Michaels. Oh wait, I'm probably won't be female, but anyway, you get the idea. Maybe that's where I'm going is, is I will be the, the world's next inspirational getting healthy guy. I doubt that. But who knows? Anyway, uh, so last week I shared, I, I don't know what platform, what topic that I'll be known for or whatever the case may be. I shared all that in last week's episode and it did prompt a bit of response from folks. And I and I expected that. In fact, I asked for response. I, I wasn't necessarily looking for answers for people to say, hey, Cliff, this is where you're going. I know for a fact, I wasn't looking for somebody to say, you know what, God woke me up in a dream and says, I need to tell you, this is what he wants you to do. I'm not looking for that kind of stuff. But I am looking for people who, I was looking for people who see possibilities that are, they where they see the potential that I may not allow myself to fully accept that are there. In fact, I'll get to one particular piece of feedback uh, where I ask myself, is Cliff Ravenscraft enough? So, wow. But but the one here's the thing. There's always these people who say, "Gosh, Cliff, what a what a cool episode. What a great topic. It got me really thinking. Thank you for sharing that. Thank you for being so authentic." And then occasionally, you you no matter how much positive energy or positive feedback you get from an entire audience of people, there's always the possibility that you may get somewhat of a one or two or even several pieces of critical feedback or something very negative or uh, whatever the case may be. And and it's amazing how sometimes those things can be the things that just stick with you and and, and really uh, cause you to think about a lot of things. And and I, I will tell you that over the over the years I have developed thick skin and and not just because I'm not talking about physically, uh, but but just um, I, I've allowed myself to get to a place where I'm okay being who I am and not necessarily looking to please all of the other people in the world. But occasionally somebody will say something, and it causes me to question whether or not they may be right. So one of the comments. On the site, if you go to podcastanswerman.com slash 379, that's the show notes for last week's episode. And one of the comments came in from Rob Flores. Now, I've not interacted with Rob in the past, or at least it's, you know, this seems to be the one thing that really stands out between myself and Rob as far as our interactions online. And this is his comment. He wrote these words. I'll read them word for word. He says, narcissistic personality disorder is a condition in which people have an excessive sense of self-importance, and he says, lay off the Kool-Aid. All right, so that, that's pretty much what he said. He says, I, basically, in essence, if, if I interpret that the, you know, with my own personal mindset, it's like, dude, uh, I think you're a little full of yourself. You know, that, that's, that's the way that I perceived what he was saying. He's like, dude, lay off the Kool-Aid. Uh, you're taking these narcissistic tendencies to the extreme with this episode and 
And uh, I, I think you need to cool off, you know, bring it down a couple notches, if you will. You know, and, and so here's the deal. I, I, I read that comment. It, I didn't find it immediately offensive. In fact, I don't know that I actually found it offensive at all. Uh, but it is something that that I have heard about, this thing called narcissism. I'm sure you guys have heard the term as well. And in, in fact, the, the first time I was ever really confronted with this word narcissism or being narcissistic was when Twitter became really popular. In fact, I remember listening to a Christian podcast called the Catalyst Podcast. It was it was a podcast that was uh, produced in conjunction with the Catalyst Conference, which uh, was a very wonderful conference that I attended once that I, I got a lot of value out, out of. And so I was listening to this podcast, and this guy, the ho- one of the hosts of the podcast, the Catalyst Podcast, said, I think Twitter is horrible, and I don't think that any Christian who is a good Christian should ever be on Twitter because it just it it just forces you t- into this narcissistic mindset of where you're so full of yourself and blah blah blah. Now, I recall hearing those words and thinking, okay, well, do I feel a sense of guilt and shame and condemnation because I do enjoy using Twitter? And and so I I, I started to now the, at the time I never looked up narcissism and stuff like that. I figured by the context in which he was sharing, I think that he gave a pretty clear definition of what narcissism was based upon the the the, the content and the, the things that he was communicating. So I just recognized narcissism is a bad thing. And I recognized that, you know, hey, we, we and, and over the years in social media, I've heard this term narcissism come up several other times, not necessarily pointed or directed at me personally, um, although I've, I've seen it, you know, with this whole sharing our lives, feeling like we need to share every t- detail of our lives and, and how narcissistic that is or how narcissistic of a society we have become. And so I've heard these things, but I've never really given much thought to it. I, I just like, okay, I'll try to avoid this narcissism, but I, I still feel called very much to share my life online. I feel very called to share the things that I'm experiencing in in a very transparent, authentic way so that it might possibly help benefit other people. You know, that that's that's why I do what I do. And and I've never in all of the years until one week ago, in all of the years and all the thousands of hours of my voice put on the internet, I've never once ever had anyone say, Cliff, you're a narcissist or you, you, but all of a sudden Rob comes in and after last week's episode and says, you know, hey, you might want to look into narcissistic personality disorder. This is a real deal. Uh, and I think you need to lay off the Kool-Aid. And so, you know what I did? I, I'm like, okay, be, I'm going to go look up narcissistic personality disorder. This is the first time that somebody's maybe somewhat roundabout suggested that I might be a narcissist. So I'm, I'm like, let's go look it up. What is this narcissistic personality disorder? What is this condition? And so the, one of the first uh, sites that pulled up was a site called Psych Central, uh, like psychology. So it's psychcentral.com. And they have an article that shows the symptoms of narcissistic personality disorder. And what I've done is I've actually reordered them in the the way of the symptoms that are listed that I probably most associate with having all the way down to the ones that I I don't have. And and what this has helped me to do, and, and I'm very thankful Uh, to Rob for pasting this is because now as a result of looking through all of these symptoms, I can tell you uh, with full confidence that I do not suffer from narcissistic personality disorder. Uh, Now, the the question becomes, you know, and I was talking with Dave earlier today and, you know, and and I was saying, you know, is there a difference between narcissism and having narcissistic personality disorder, and there probably is a difference. There, there are levels of narcissism, and 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 he even suggested he's heard people say that we're a narcissistic culture as a whole, and people have said those kinds of things. And I, and and of course, I'm asking myself, well, you know, if it depends on how you define narcissism, but if if it's a level of people who feel like what they have, who they are, is valuable, and what they have to share with the world is is important. Uh, if that is narcissism, 
whatever at whatever level is it all bad and so I'm not going to go into all of that, but I do want to actually look up narcissistic personality disorder and see, ask yourself, because as a podcaster, you know, I know many of you struggled with actually creating a podcast. You, you're thinking, who am I to create a podcast? I, I, I'm nobody special. I, yes, I have a passion for it. And for those of you who really struggled actually getting behind a microphone and feeling valuable enough to share something with the world, chances are you do not struggle with narcissistic personality disorder. However, if you're somebody like myself who can't imagine life away from the microphone and as soon as you find something you're passionate about, you immediately want to fire up a new podcast and talk about it, the question is you might want to self-diagnose yourself and see, you know, hey, do I need to go seek some medical attention for this disorder. So let's go through these symptoms real quickly and you can ask yourself, do I suffer from this? Uh, first of all, the, the first symptom that I found was requires excessive admiration. You know, people, all, you, it, a narcissist would pr- require the consistent praise of people, if you will. Uh, and I will tell you, if I've, I'm very familiar with this thing called the five love languages. Just do a Google search for five love languages. And, and I believe that there are different ways that people identify who communicate and receive love. From, communicate love to other people and receive love from other people in very specific ways or very five very different languages. My wife, by the way, is a is a gifts person. She she practical gifts. She loves to give gifts. She loves to receive little gifts. That that's a, a thing for her. Uh, another one is quality time. Um, another one is physical touch. My number one love language is words of affirmation. And so I will tell you that um, one thing that I do find that I thrive on. I thrive when people say great things about me. When people write me an email and say, Cliff, the, because of something you did, it's had a powerful, positive impact in my life. Thank you so much for doing what you do. I, does that jazz me up? Yes. I will tell you, it's like, wow. I would much rather receive that than a gift you know, sent via Amazon saying, hey, thank you for what you do. I, just words of affirmation do mean a lot to me. And When somebody out there who somebody else says something positive about me to somebody else publicly that that jazzes me up so you know do i do i enjoy at the admiration of other people i do and i don't feel bad about that because it's something that i know is my love language words of affirmation is love language of mine now the question is is do i require excessive admiration and I would say there are some times that I might say that my my desire for admiration is a little bit excess, ex, excessive, excessive. Anyway, I think you get the idea. Um, yeah, excessive. That's that's the word. Um, yeah, maybe sometimes, maybe more than than it should be. But it's it's no more than any other personal struggle that that you have to deal with. It's like you know, you, yeah, somebody says something negative about me, it really does affect me, and. So anyway, if, if there was any hint that, you know, if this is one of the symptoms, I'm like, okay, maybe there's a little bit of truth that, that this is an issue. But I really, personally, I just don't see it as an issue. I think it's more about the thing that I'm a words of affirmation kind of guy. I like it. I don't think I necessarily require it, but I sure do enjoy it a whole lot. So the second symptom is has a very strong sense of entitlement For example, unreasonable expectation of especially favorable treatment or automatic compliant with his or her expectations. Now, I can tell you right now, for those of you who have been listening to Podcast Answer Man for many years, there are two very public occasions where you might think that I suffer from a very strong sense of entitlement. And both of those have been very public outbursts from myself related to a specific conference down in Nashville called PodCamp Nashville. And I, 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 you know, I could see where some people might think that, gosh, Cliff really does seem entitled, uh, it, you know, that he feels like he's entitled to a speaking opportunity at PodCamp Nashville. And he seemed pretty 
uh, personally upset and personally offended by the fact that you know they're going to do these you know the the drawings out of the hat and and you know how dare them not select him while there was a little bit of you know it, it seems crazy to have a podcast a conference about podcasting and to not allow somebody who has experience in podcasting at my level to speak to those who are there interested in podcasting there was a little bit of sense of entitlement to that but it wasn't that wasn't the main thing that that kind of uh, fueled my my displeasure of the decision to do uh, PodCamp uh, speaking accept, acceptances the way that they did. It was, it was more along the lines of the, how can you expect people to travel six hours, uh, plan to travel for six hours and, and plan this in their schedule and not let them know that whether or not they're going to have a speaking opportunity until just two weeks or maybe a week before the event. So, yeah, and by the way, there was one there was one episode where the first time it was a pretty bad outburst. And the next week I came and I apologized. I'm like, yeah, that was that was wrong. I was absolutely wrong. Um, but here's the deal. I, I, I evaluated myself. I'm sitting there thinking, do I struggle with a strong sense of being entitled? And I really do, I don't. I don't feel entitled to much of anything. In fact, you know, I, I, I here's an example. Michael Hyatt, I'm getting ready to speak next week at the third uh, podcast or uh, platform conference that he's uh, hosting. I spoke at his first one. I spoke at his second one. I spoke, I'm speaking at his third one. But after I spoke at the first, uh, number one, he invited me. I never invited myself to speak at his conference, so I certainly didn't feel entitled to that. And when when he uh, when they had me speak at the first one, and then they announced you know that they were going to do the next one a couple months later, I certainly did not even expect, or you know, I, I didn't feel entitled that I would be invited back a second time. You know, I figured maybe they're going to open up you know other. Uh, opportunities for other people to come and, and share their story and their platforms and, and give them exposure. I was blown away. Now, I told him, I said, I'd be honored to be invited back, but I don't feel entitled. I, I did not feel entitled. Certainly didn't feel entitled to come back a third time. I don't, and, and, and I don't feel entitled to to any of those things. Um, another thing, New Media Expo. I, I'm, I helped create the podcasting track for New Media Expo over the last several years. I've been responsible for who does and does not get to speak related to podcasting at that entire industry-wide conference. Earlier this year, I made the decision to end my contract, and I'm no longer the director of podcasting for New Media Expo. Now, this year, uh, David Jackson is in charge of that uh, opportunity. He is now the one who makes the decision of who speaks and who doesn't get to speak. When it came time to submit uh, talks, I put my submission in just like everyone else. Now, I will tell you that I'd sent a personalized email to David Jackson and I said, hey David, just so you know, I submitted my talk. I would love to have the opportunity to speak if, if you see it's a good fit for the thing. And by the way, I would love to request, if it's okay with you and, and you find, I would love to request a super session, which is a session that actually is, there's only like three other concurrent sessions instead of 12. And there's only one of those each day of the of the conference. And I did request one of those. Uh, I feel like I have a talk that that would certainly make that a worthy podcasting uh, thing. So so I, I believe that I have something of great value that would be worthy of a super session. Here's the thing: I do not feel entitled. I do not I, if I if I do not get accepted for a super session, I am not going to blow up and get upset. I don't feel like I deserve it. Um, and by the way, if I don't get invited for any session at all at New Media Expo, I'm not going to be upset. I, you know, I, it, it's just not going to happen. So I, 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 I went through and it's like, do I feel entitled? And I'm like, no, I, I really don't. I don't think that that's really something I struggle with at all. The third symptom of a narcissistic personality disorder is regularly shows arrogant, haughty behaviors and attitudes. Okay. I'm an extremely confident person. I would say a majority of the time. And when I say majority, I'm saying over 50% of the time. Um, what you guys may not know is that I am not completely confident in my own talents, skills, and abilities and and my my place in this world all the time. Um, 
I would say that if I had to guess, I would say I'm probably an extremely confident person, uh, strongly confident person about 60% of the time. And about 40% of the time, I pretty much question my value pretty heavily, probably more than I should. Uh, but so so the thing is, is when when I am confident and I believe in something strongly, I probably come off as being arrogant and I probably do all, I probably oftentimes borderline on on just flat out being arrogant, but not in a haughty behavior type of way, but just being so convinced that I feel so strongly about what I, it, I, I believe it's just deep conviction. But is it really something that 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 is at such a level that that I, it warrants me probably seeking some attention from a, 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 a psychologist about this narcissistic personality disorder? I don't think it's that much. So if there's anything, there's the requires excessive admiration. I don't think it's excessive, but I I, I think that you know, I I believe my love language, it requires a little bit of it, uh, admiration. It, it's words of affirmation. I believe that I can come off as being arrogant from time to time. But out of, outside of that, hmm, let's go on. I, I, I No entitlement. But here's the next one. Uh, let's see here. Is often envious of others or believes that others are envious of him or her. Now, I would say that I probably deal with jealousy or being envious of others right around as much as any other typical human being. I, I'm not going to say I never get jealous or that I'm never envious of other people, but I will say that I have a pretty healthy position of saying, you know what, I, I recognize that what I'm feeling towards this person is probably hinging on envy of of their of what they're accomplishing, of what they're doing. And typically, I believe it, it's probably the Holy Spirit or it's certainly my conscience that gets the better of me and says, whoa, back off there. And, and you, you really need to, to understand the mindset of scarcity versus the mindset of abundance. And you need to understand that for them to succeed doesn't mean that I can't. And, and I should probably be rooting for their success, especially if it's something that they're doing that I believe is is creating good in the world and so oftentimes i'm able to to recognize envy you know when i'm envious of others and and turn that around and 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 ultimately come to a place where i do desire to see them succeed even those who have learned things from me and then taken and kind of you know copied some of the things that i do and go out and are creating competing products and or services to the things that i do related to my business and and ultimately coming to the place where it's like, you know what, I do wish them great success. And if I can do things to help them, I will. Um, so yeah, I don't think it's a real problem for me. Now, do I believe that sometimes people are envious of me? Uh, it's not like I'm looking around corners thinking everybody's envious of me. And Every single time somebody dis- disagrees with me, they're just jealous. I don't think that at all. I do think there are some people out there that are are envious and jealous of some of the things that I've achieved. And and uh, they say all sorts of nasty things about me because they are jealous. But the the reason why I think that, by the way, is not because I sit around pondering it all the time. But in fact, I've actually received emails from. Matter of fact, I think I, I won't mention any names, but I can receive. I can tell you right now, uh, within the last eighteen months, I've received two emails from two very prominent people out there who have emailed me and says, "Cliff, I just got to apologize." You know. I had all kinds of wrong misconceptions about who you are and what you do and stuff like that. And the more I follow you, the more I understand that you know you do really have a heart for helping people. And it's not just about the money for you. And it's not this or that. And and I gotta be honest and just tell you that over the time I've been very jealous and very envious of a lot of things. And I've even said some nasty things. And and I I need to ask you to forgive me. So two very prominent people have reached out to me and told me those things. And, and you know, so I, I know that that happens, and, but it's not necessarily a, a thing that I ever really sit there and ponder on. And it's certainly something I try not to be envious of others. So I don't think that that's a problem. All right, so the next symptom of narcissistic personality disorder is has a grandiose sense of self-importance. And it says, for example, they exaggerate their achievements and talents and expects to be recognized as superior without commensurate achievements. Now, I'm going to just be honest with you guys. I had to go look up commensurate. 
Uh, I had an un- I had an idea of what commensurate was, but uh, I, I just wanted to make sure I understood with you know that that they had a uh, they wanted to be recognized without commensurate achievements. It's you know without having achievements that pretty much are worthy of of that level of admiration or being of or recognition. And you know what I I don't think I struggle with this at all. Um, I, do I have a sense of self-importance? I do. I, I'm confident to tell you that I do have, I believe that I, I do have a, self, a sense of self-importance, that I do believe that that I am on this earth for a reason. I, I don't believe that I'm God's gift to you, um, <laughs> but I do believe that I, I do believe that I'm here for a purpose, and and I believe that purpose and is important. But the interesting thing is, is I don't think that that's unique to me. I think it's unique. I think it's true for you as well. I think it's true of every single one of us. I think we all have a sense. We should all have a sense of self-importance. And oftentimes, the I, I think it's it's very sad to see the number of people who are afraid to understand how important they are to this world and, and what what role they can play. In, in making this world a better place. Um, now, as far as do I sometimes want to be recognized for some of the achievements uh, that I have? Yeah, I mean, why not? I mean, I, I yeah, I, I I like to be recognized for achievements, but I never try to, I never really have ever, I, I ever wanted to be recognized for anything that I didn't do. Um, and I don't feel like I need to be recognized for everything that I do do. Um, and... I have do I sometimes do I oftentimes talk about my achievements? Do I sometimes talk about my talents? Yes. But I don't feel like I ever sit down sit around and exaggerate my my achievements or my talents. Uh, but I oftentimes talk about them knowing that I'm going to be judged by many people for doing so as possibly being a narcissist. But I, I genuinely feel that I want to talk about my achievements and, and some of these things that I have done and developed so that it might help inspire other people to take action, to be bold and to dream big and make things happen in this world. So, um, yeah, I, but, but certainly I don't think that it's, it's a whole grandiose issue of self-importance. I, 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 think, I, I don't think that's really an issue for me. Um, so the next one is preoccupied with fantasies of unlimited success, power, brilliance, beauty, or ideal love. Now, if there's anything that I probably suffer from, it's probably this one. And it's not necessarily unli- that I am that I have in front of me unlimited success or power or brilliance or beauty or ideal love, but I believe in God the creator of this world and and i believe that with god there is i mean if god wants something to be i think that that he has unlimited power to make that happen uh i if god if it's god's will i really don't believe there's any limit to to what god can make happen uh, I do believe in unlimited power. I believe in unlimited brilliance, and I do believe in the beauty of 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 what God has created. And I do believe in ideal love. I do. I I, I believe that we can achieve so much more when it comes to connecting with people and and reconciling relationships and and all kinds of things. And do I believe that? In unlimited success, I don't believe in unlimited success, but I I do believe in something a little bit uniquely different, unlimited potential. Um, that I believe that so much of us, so many of us, are sometimes self limited in how much we think that we can achieve, and and I don't know how much we should achieve, and and balancing you know you know dependence on God and dependence upon ourselves and and all that stuff. It's something that is always in my mind and and I I never want to be so full of myself that I think I can do anything but I always ask myself you know what a, you know if if God wills for this and if if, if it's not against his will w- is this possible and if so is it the right thing for me to do, you know is it is it the is it the wise thing for me to pursue and if it's the wise thing to pursue I'm going to pursue it until I know not to until it's very clear that I should not be pursuing it. 
And so I, I do pursue bigger things, sometimes even things that are bigger than I can believe for myself right now. I'll make them a goal and start moving towards them until I feel otherwise. So if, if there's one thing, I, yeah, maybe there is a little sense of there is maybe not a limit to success that could be achieved and and the power that we have available to us and the brilliance and beauty and and love that can be in this world. So maybe I struggle with that one a little bit. Uh, the next one is believes that he or she is special and unique and can only be understood by or associate with other special high status people or institutions. I am very blessed personally to be connected with some high status people. Um, I never sought those relationships out intentionally trying to find ways to to get to where I can have, you know, be on a, a personal text away or a phone call away from some of the people that I'm connected to. But I found myself very blessed to be in that position. I take those, uh, I take those very responsibly. I, I, I try to avoid ever calling in a favor from any of those individuals, and 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 oftentimes question, you know, why me? Why why are some of these people interested in who I am and what I do? And oftentimes feel like they see something so much more valuable in me than I I can even imagine because I I just don't understand. And so I, I don't think that I'm so special. Uh, I, I think sometimes people think that I'm more special than I think that I am. And, and I oftentimes try to ask myself why so that I can actually have a little bit more confidence more of the time. So I don't think I struggle with that one at all. Um, I certainly am not afraid to associate with other people. I do uh, find that, that there is some truth to this, stat, to this quote from, I think, a guy named Jim Rohn that people talk about quite a bit called, um, you, you, you know, your life will ultimately end up looking like the result of the average of the five people you do life with the most. Uh, my friend Ray Edwards says he adds the word intentionally do life with the most. And so I am very intentional about the people I spend the most amount of time with, the people that actually have the most influence in my life. Um, but I certainly don't feel like the, that I can only associate those people with those people and that I can, that I must avoid associating with people of a lower stature, right? That, that's ridiculous because I don't think that I'm all that special. And, and probably I have a less than healthy, lower esteem of myself than I should. You may not recognize that. I don't always let that part of me out. If you listen to Pursuing a Balanced Life over at pursuingabalancedlife.com, you'd probably find a little bit more of that over the years. But yeah, just certainly don't, don't struggle with that one. Um, and here's another one. Lacks empathy or is unwilling to recognize or identify with the feelings and needs of others. And my friends, if there is anything that I'm not guilty of, that is a lack of empathy. In fact, one of the most difficult things that comes along with where I am in this world today is the number of people that I'm connected to around this world. And I will tell you that when you're connected to the number of people relationally with thousands of people, I literally know thousands of people on a first name, last name, email address, and five, 10, 15 personal details I know about their lives all around this world, and I'm connected with them on Twitter and Facebook, and and I will tell you what, I see their request for prayer of their child who is killed in a car accident, uh, for the for the wife that was just diagnosed with cancer, the I, I I see and and to to say that I have a lack of empathy is is anything far from the truth because sometimes um, I I, I over empathize and sometimes it, it it affects me in a very emotional way that kind of sometimes can be debilitating and distracting. Um, at times I wish I had a little bit less empathy. I, I it, it sounds crazy for me to say that, but it's certainly not something I struggle with because because. I, I can tell you, it, it breaks my heart to see suffering and pain uh, of so many people, and 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 I, I see a, a, a bit more of it than I think maybe the average person does. And 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 I, I I hesitate to say this, but unfortunately, I care a little bit more than I probably can. You know that I have to give sometimes, and and it hurts. So um, no, I don't lack empathy. And then. The last symptom that they listed is exploitive of others. For example, they take advantage of others to achieve his or her own ends. I, 
I, I encourage anybody to try a single, to find a single person on this earth that will tell you that Cliff Ravenscraft, uh, he just, he, the only reason he ever ha- had any relationship with me is because he, it helped him get to a certain level. Um, I don't think you'll find a single person out there like that. Unfortunately, over the years, I've recognized that I have been used in this way, and it hurts, and it hurts deeply, and, and it actually happened very recently with somebody, and and thankfully, that re- relationship has, has recently been reconciled, but the relationship's not going to be the same moving forward as a result of it, and I can tell you, this is one thing I... I, 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 here's the thing I can tell you. I, I recent, I get all kinds of, uh, people who reach out to me to offer all kinds of stuff. In fact, I, just to give you an example, I have somebody who just reached out to me this week and says, Cliff, I want to let you know, I'm a registered dietitian. I, I've got a master's in kinesiology or whatever it's called. I have this and that. And, and I, for years I was physical trainer and, and, and stuff I want to offer to you at no charge, I want to offer to you, I, want, I will be your personal fitness coach. I will help you develop a meal plan. I will help keep you accountable. I'll help answer any question. You know, any. I just feel led to do this for you. And I, I'll be honest with you, I, that, 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 is, that opportunity sits in front of me. And it's something that I've kind of been praying for uh, to have, to find somebody kind of like this. But I'm not immediately jumping at this opportunity because, well, you know, I I don't know that I I I don't know I I want to take advantage of that person's generosity. Now, the thing is, is I asked this person, I said, "Why would you offer this?" I always ask people that. What you know, tell me what what's in it for you in a good way, because I would want them to get something in return. And this person recognizes that number one, I'd be you know, chances are I'd talk about this process and and it would give that person a great deal of exposure and and it certainly would. I mean, fitness and health in the podcasting space, hello, crowded world. Uh, If there's any niche out there that's crowded, personal fitness is one of them, fitness and health, nutrition. That's a a crowded space in in the podcasting sphere. And yeah, I could bring some light and attention sharing my journey. But the question is, is how successful will I be? You know, I don't want to 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 promote that this person's helping me and then me fail and then it be a negative uh, uh, feel. So so this all I, no I I can't I can't even imagine myself exploiting others just for my own gain. And oftentimes I turn down extremely valuable offers to help me just because I don't feel what they would get in return would be enough. Um, and and so I, I I probably turned down way more help than I should in offers like that. So here's the thing to 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 Rob Flores for for posting this narcissistic personality is a condition in which people have an excessive sense of self importance. Lay off the Kool Aid. You know, Rob, thank you so much for posting that. And at least it now it's got me to look at that. And I can I, I feel pretty confident that yeah I don't think that I'm a narcissist. Now you know going back to this whole thing. You know, it, 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 do you have to have this personality personality disorder uh, to to be a, to have nar- to 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 have narcissistic tendencies or to be a narcissist? And and if a narcissist, if that word simply means somebody who feels like they're important, that they have something value, and that people should take, you know, they feel like people should pay attention to some of the things they say. Maybe I have a little bit of those tendencies, but to say, to go so far, to leave me a comment and say that after th- episode 379 that I have this mental illness that probably needs medical attention, I know that that's not exactly what he said, but, you know, at least I wanted to evaluate it, and no, I don't think it's a problem. So, it, but here's the thing. I think that, um, I think some people need to break out of the fear of being a narcissist, all right? I, that, that's something that I, I think. If, if, if nothing else, can I tell you, I, I, here, here's what I can tell you. I, I hope that you'll take these symptoms of, of this narcissistic personality disorder, and here's what I hope that you will do more of. I hope that you will do things that are so bold that will achieve a level of admit admiration for things that you're doing 
you know what, I, I hope that you'll do things that are bold enough that people will begin to admire what you do. That all of a sudden people will start emailing you more often saying thank you for what you do. I hope that you get to that place. I hope that you're doing things that are that bold. The next thing, um, I, I hope, as far as this strong sense of entitlement, I never hope that you actually develop a sense of entitlement, but I hope that you do things that stand out that gets you places that you would not have gotten otherwise unless you took bold action. I hope that you get invited to speak at conferences within your niche that help gain greater exposure for what you do and your message in this world. Not that you'll ever be entitled, but because of what you've done, people take notice. I do hope that for you. Um, as far as having an arrogant and haughty behavior and attitude, I hope that you don't become arrogant or haughty, but I hope that you become more confident, that you'd be willing to say, I believe what I believe and I believe that I'm right, and you have strong, clear conviction. Stop being so wishy-washy. If you say you think the sky is blue, tell them it's blue. And all of a sudden, down the road, if you discover it was actually kind of teal, then say, I made a mistake and move forward. But don't allow the fact that you've ever made a mistake in the, fa- in the past keep you from having clear convictions and passions for the things that you believe in. Feel free to share them and feel free to share them with confidence, even though others may think that that is arrogance. Um, as far as being envious of others, I don't encourage you to ever be en- envious of others, but I encourage you to look at other people and see what they're doing and to maybe have that be a source of inspiration for you want to, for you and yourself to want to achieve something more, something greater that could be possible in your life. It's okay to see something that somebody else and say, wow, what if it were me? What if I could do that? Is it okay to do that? I think it's okay. I don't think it's necessarily a problem of keeping up with the Joneses, but to ask yourself, hey, if that person could go and create a conference and thousands of people would attend their conference, I wonder, could I do that? I don't think it's envious of me to say, wow, look at the success Michael Hyatt has done with his conferences. Boy, I I wish I could achieve something like that. I I don't think that's envy. I I want to actually use that as inspiration. So I hope that maybe you will. I hope that some of you will have a greater sense of self-importance, that you feel that confident that you have something important to offer this world. If you don't have any sense of self-importance, I think you should stop hitting the record button. What are you doing it for? Unless it's something that could be valuable to other people. So I think we all need a little bit, I think some of us, most of us, need a little bit higher level of self-importance, of believing that we are important in this world. I believe that some of us need to actually increase our ability of, uh, uh, or ex- expand our mindset of the success that could be available to us to to understand that we probably there probably is more pow- we probably have more power available to us in this world than we poss- can possibly imagine i think there is more brilliance and beauty and love that you can find in this world and i believe that you are special that you are unique there's nobody else out there like you and you know what? I think you, that it's okay to I, to associate with higher status people. I encourage you to be intentional about the people that you do life with the most, but certainly not at the exclusion of anyone else. And be available to all people. Everybody here on this earth is important. And I do encourage you to have empathy for others, but don't go so far overboard that your empathy for others has a debilitating effect in your life. In fact, my friend Wayne Jacobson uh, calls it grief porn. (laughs) There are people who have a grief porn addiction is what he calls it. I I think it's a little over the top, but you know what? It's true. Turn off the news. Stop watching all the negative stuff. I mean, it All this stuff out there, it's just debilitating at times. And sometimes you have to say, you know what? Why am I spending all day long feeling so horrible about all of these things I can't do anything about? Find a group of people and, and, and dive in deep into their lives. The people that you know that you can personally interact with, that you can pray for and, and get involved in their lives and have a sense of empathy for them, but not for everyone. 
all right? And as far as being exploitive of others, never exploit others, but be willing to get involved in other people's lives and collaborate with them and find ways that you can work together where it's always a win-win solution. So be a little bit more narcissistic is what I'm suggesting, but don't go to the point where you have to seek treatment for narcissistic personality disorder. That, my friends, is what I wanted to say in response to Rob's uh, feedback. Next up, I want to share with you that um, a couple people did respond to me and share their thoughts of, you know, hey, Cliff, this is what I could see in the future for you. One of them suggested Christian apologetics. And you know what? The funny thing is, is um, this podcast is called Podcast Answer Man. And the the inspiration for the title of this podcast came from Hank Hendergraff and his re- Christian radio broadcast called Bible Answer Man. Hank Hendergraff is a Christian apologist. I have no desire to be one of those. Now, if that's what God desires for me in the future and he's going to radically change that in me, by all means, I am ready and willing and ready to go for it if that's what he wants. And it's going to be quite a bit of a stretch. But there were other people who reached out to me also and suggested that, you know, that it, it what my platform in the future could be very much faith-focused, faith-based. And I'm certainly open to that. I don't feel that I have to, though. I, I, I do feel that no matter what I do in the future, it will be my ministry, I, but right now, this podcast episode, every this is my 380th ministry podcast called Podcast Answer Man. I mean, it, that's just what it is. But but very very seldom is this show ever fake faith focused. I think there's been one episode out of 380 now. But but there's no question that this is that that I operate and and guided by my faith. And that I I am doing ministry through even this podcast here right now today and all of the episodes that I've done up to this point. Even the ones where I was probably a little bit more bold and arrogant and seemed uh, entitled related to a specific conference down in Nashville. Um, so yeah. And then I had one very cool piece of uh, feedback from Brother Nicodemus, who happens to be a monk in Scotland. And he wrote me a a great email this morning that I really enjoyed reading. And I'm only going to read to you the last, close to the end of this email. Uh, Actually, I think it is the end of this email. And this is what he says. He says, finally, what to do? Well, there are a million ideas, but, um, but my overwhelming idea is this. Why do you have to have a subject? Your gift is talking, and therefore, why not just be Cliff Ravenscraft? That's enough. A personality that we would like to hear from. Why do you have pod, why do podcasts have to have a subject when, to, uh, when they get big? You could talk about anything, and I would listen because I like listening to Cliff, the man of integrity who lets me into his life each week, tells me something useful, challenges me, and gives me a positive community in which I can be uplifted out of my out of the daily struggle. A subject just limits, he said. He said, God bless you and thank you for all you do for me. It's hidden, but it makes a difference in my life. My friends, that's that's the one piece of feedback out of everything that has resonated the most with me. And it is most in line with all of the feedback that has led me to record episode 379. <clears throat> and and you talk about this over exaggerated uh, self in, of, of self in, of self importance, but I can tell you I don't struggle with that because this is what people have told me over and over and over again. Cliff, you're extremely valuable. People would come just for you, you know. And and sometimes I I'm thinking, well, I'm going to host a live event, but what do I have of value to offer these people? And I'm and sometimes it it keeps me from creating some new events. And it's like. Dude, people would stand in line to, it's like, and I just don't always see that. And so he says, listen, he says, you're, it's your gift for talking, and therefore, why not just, your brand is Cliff Ravenscraft. And, and I love the next line, he says, that's enough. Cliff Ravenscraft is enough. And I've had other people say that to me, Cliff Ravenscraft is enough. 
And in even people in my faith circles, the people who have who I I look to for even spiritual, they're like, that's enough. God created you who you are, and that's enough. You don't have to add anything to who you are for you to be valuable to other people. And and sometimes I I tell you I still struggle. I'm like, yeah, I'm enough as long as I have something that I'm sharing of value. And some and so I will tell you there are a number of times I hit stop at the end of a podcast episode and it's like what what was that what was that about i really don't feel like i added any value at all and i and and, and oftentimes I'm, I'm 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 shocked at the number of positive pieces of feedback i get from those episodes i'm like i just i don't get it and people say well i really appreciated that episode and i'm like and and and, and i and i sense that there's something more and it goes and, and I, I think it's the in what Brother Nicodemus said, and uh, and it's and it's what Michael Hyatt says uh, in that one clip that I played last week for you, where he says, "Listen, I listen, I tune into Podcast Answer Man every week, and I listen to Cliff not for the podcast technology part, which is great, uh, but I listen because I find him so inspirational. And 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 there are sixty percent of the time I totally buy into that. About forty percent of the time, I I totally I I just." have a hard time believing in it. But who knows? Maybe maybe the future is the Cliff Ravenscraft show, but then I'm thinking it's like how narcissistic is that? But who knows? We'll we'll see where it goes. You know what? I told you that at the beginning of this episode I was going to tell you about my new interview procedures. I see that if I'm going to keep it at an hour, I need to be done here in about three and a half minutes. I'll just tell you that um I do have some new procedures. I, I love doing podcast interviews. And uh, it's one of my favorite things to do because I get to tell my story about how I was in this job that was uh, something that was created for me that, that my mom and dad, it's kind of like living somebody else's dream. Steve Jobs in his very uh, uh, well-known com- uh, commencement speech says, listen, don't don't live somebody else's life. Live your own. And I was living the life of someone else, something that was very well laid out for me, this opportunity to live a life of an insurance agent, make lots of money. But I hated that job. And and I love telling the story about how I I was inspired to leave it, how my wife has everything to do with that decision, and 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 the journey that God's brought us on since the early days. I, I love talking about the difficult times that we faced uh, because I think people need to know what a sacrifice it takes to leave a career and then pursue something on your own full time. That's I, I love telling people that you're not. It's not going to happen overnight. I love letting people know the reality of of what they may be facing, but how worth it it is. So I, I love telling that. And of course, oftentimes on my own shows, I don't want to keep rehashing talking about me all the time. Uh, but I love being the narcissist on other people's show. <laughs> Just halfway joking around there, uh, but I, no, I do. I love being a guest on other people's podcasts. Absolutely love it. And over this year, because of you know preparing to move into this house and the speaking schedule, and and at the beginning of the year, I was just wrapping up with uh, New Media Expo and that contract that I had with them. I was just shutting down the podcast mastermind, uh, working on the final stages of building this house and the studio, moving in. Uh, doing more traveling, setting up the studio, A to Z courses, and also getting the old house ready for sale and all that stuff. As a result of that, this year I've probably done a total of maybe five podcast interviews. And that's nothing for me. And so I had a total of 50 requests on a waiting list in Evernote. And the other day, I created a spreadsheet. And on that spreadsheet, real quick, I'll tell you, I created the following columns. Name of the person requesting the interview, email address, the name of the podcast, uh, the link, the website address to their podcast, and then the number of episodes that podcast had at the time that they requested, and I gave it a personal rating of 1 to 10, 10 being the best. And by the way, my personal rating was based upon a number of things. Number one, it was was, how how passionate is this person for this content? What do I get a good sense of why this person is creating this content? And do I do I kind of stand up and believe in this person's vision of why they created this podcast? What's the audio quality of this podcast? How long have they been producing it? How consistent are they? Do they do they 
can do they are are they on a weekly basis or do they miss episodes like all the time which by the way i'm taking next week off i, I hope i remember to tell you that before i i hit stop here uh but uh if i don't i just so you know i'm taking next week off but you know how consistent are they um how long have they been producing their show is this a show that i feel is probably going to last more than a couple episodes um you know, you know, th- th- these are the things that I want to know about their show. And so I, I rated them and then I created like a, a, a little notes in there. For example, one of the notes says this and it was a lower rated show on my list. It says this host uses annoying over the top hypey information voice info, infomercial infomercial voice. He yells all of his questions like the OxyClean guy. <laughs> So I put a little note to myself there. You know, if it comes down to it and I'm hard up for an interview for some exposure and an opportunity to be narcissistic, uh, then I I might probably reach out to the OxyClean guy and be a guest on his show. Uh, but it's at the bottom of the list. And so are the shows that are very inconsistent. And one of the things I will tell you is that I did. I had 50 requests that have built up and been waiting. And 13 of the 50 that I reviewed no longer produce shows. 13 of the 50 people who requested that I be a guest on their show are no longer creating content. They have not created a podcast within the last 45 to 90 days. Uh, and and most of them had given up months ago, usually within the same month that they actually requested the interview. And so I'm gl- kind of glad that I didn't say yes to those because you know I, it would have been a waste of my time to, to, to do an interview that really that person wasn't devoted to that show or or making anything happen with it long term. So anyway, what I decided to do is is I did that. And then I use a service called Time Trade. Um, by the way, you can go to timetrade.com. I don't have an affiliate link with them. I, they probably have a system, but I, I don't have it. Just go to timetrade.com. I use their professional package. It's $49 per year instead of one of those monthly services. I, I just paid 49 bucks for the year. And it gives you unlimited appointments per month. Uh, and it also gives you unlimited appointment types, so I could actually tell it, "Hey, I want to make some. I want to make podcast thirty-minute podcast interviews available. I want to make thirty-minute uh, phone calls to discuss this. Or I want to make, uh, you know, an hour-long consulting call available here. Those are different appointment types, and it does do Google Calendar and iCal integration, so it can automatically see your busy and free times and and stuff like that." But I intentionally chose this service because I did not want it to integrate with my Google Calendar. I don't like things automatically showing up on my Google Calendar. I'm very control. I'm a control freak when it comes to that. So what I do is I go in and time trade and say, here are the times that I'm available. And I also tell my, I block those times out as potential future interviews on my Google Calendar. So it's a little double work. I know it could be automated, but I choose to do it this way. And then what I did is I I went I ranked. I took all of those uh, things in my spreadsheet and put all the 10s at the top and the 9s below that and the 8s and the 7s and the 6s. And and so I started with the top 10 and I sent an email to the top 10 people. And uh, just to give you an idea here, this is the email I sent. I said, I'm writing because you have previously invited me to be a guest on your podcast. If you still, If you are still interested in having me, I would be honored to have this opportunity. I have just opened up 10 different blocks of time on my schedule on Wednesdays, November 19th, November 26th, and December 17th. These 10 blocks of times are the only openings I have available at this time, and they will go on a first-come, first-served basis. I have a total of 37 podcasters who are on my interview request waiting list. However, this first round of emails is being sent to the top 10 requests that I have on my list. This does this does mean that you and your show is among the top 10 shows that I desire to be a guest on. To request that I have that I reserve or to request that I reserve one of these open time slots for you, please go to this link and I gave them a link to my time trade. If you find that none of these available time slots will work for you, please reply to this email and let me know. I'll keep you at the top of my list for the next round of open time slots, and then I'll invite the next person on my list to request the available time slot. I'm very honored. Uh, let's see here. I'm once again. I'm very honored by the invitation to be a guest on your show. I do not take these invitations lightly, and I look forward to the potential opportunity to connect with you very soon. Sincerely, Cliff. And so, what happens is, uh, by the way, um, of the first ten. 
Uh, seven of them immediately did book interviews. And by the way, I actually opened up some other time slots. I now have a total of 15 podcast interviews scheduled over the next few weeks, and I'm very excited about that. And uh, basically what happens is when somebody books it through time trade, I get an email rather than having it automatically go on my calendar. I get an email and then I take that confirmation from the email and I then go and change the block of time that's been blocked out says potential future interview and I change it to interview with so-and-so. And by the way, there are uh, time, tra- time trade allows me to uh ask for specific information. I ask for, it automatically asks for their first and last name, email address, and it asks for their phone number. I don't need that, but I can't turn that one off. Uh, anyway, it asks for their company name, and then I put a little note in here, and it's a, a custom question. It says, please make note that my Skype ID is, and I say what my Skype ID is. I'm not going to announce it to everybody because I don't want everybody on my Skype list, uh, but anyway, it says, please provide your Skype ID in the box below, and every single person sees that, and they do answer it, so I basically get, you know, I go over and put it on my calendar, and in the little description in my calendar, I say their Skype ID is such and such, and then I go over to my spreadsheet, and I take their, the, the row that has their information, and I kind of highlight it in a in a green highlight color so that I know that that's been scheduled. And then basically what will happen is once I've been interviewed on their show, I'll then move their row down to the bottom of the spreadsheet and, and, and list that as, you know, you know, completed interviews. And I may even add a new uh, column that says link to episode or link to the interview itself. Um, so anyway, that's my new, that's my new product. Um, um, uh, procedure there for podcast interviews. And I, I told you that I would share that. So a couple of little things, you know, having a spreadsheet has been very helpful. It was much better than trying to navigate all that through the Evernote document where I was just throwing all those invitations into. Uh, so the spreadsheet, very helpful. Time trade, extremely helpful to me. Uh, and then the way that I communicate, you know, my my availability to these folks and letting them know, hey, if you get on here, you don't have to send me an email and tell me why you can't do it. Just know this: if if you can't, just hit me, hit reply, let me know that you can't, and I'll I'll keep notifying you when I open up new blocks of time. But this is exciting. I can't wait. And and as I do interviews on these shows, I like to put out on Facebook and say, hey, th- honored to be a guest here, and link back to them, and and several thousand people will. Uh, have the opportunity to click on that and check it out. Uh, yeah, I'll tell you what, that's going to be it. Uh, that's that's enough for today. Thank you all so much for tuning in to this episode of Podcast Answer Man. I will be back in two weeks. So next week, I will be out of town. I'm going to be in Colorado at the Platform Conference with Michael Hyatt. Um, there's still time, probably, if you want to, you can go over to podcast, or no, go to platformconference.tv and you can register for the conference. Use promo code Cliff, my first name. You'll save one hundred dollars off the top of the car, uh, off the cost of the conference. And uh, there's still an opening for my workshop with Ray Edwards over at NextLevelStudio.tv. If you want to check that out. Otherwise, I will see you guys in two weeks when I'm back in the studio. No music here at the end either. Uh, Again, not trying to make any statement about the music or audio branding. Just decided I didn't need it this week or last week. God bless you all. Thank you so much for being a part of this community. Uh, I really genuinely do care and love each and every, (laughs) care for and love each and every one of you and hope that you all have great success in taking everything you do in life to the next level. Thanks.